Welcome to Late Night Talks, a place for growth, stability, and transformation. The podcast for men and for the women who want to understand men. My name is Amy Jo. I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and a life strategist. Here, we take you to the next level of your journey mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Hello, welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. How are you? It is so great to be back here feeling good. I feel super back to feeling 100%. My voice is a little wonky yet, but for the most part, yeah, I am feeling normal again. So I'm happy about that. I'm glad I'm able to be here and it's always lovely to have you here joining me. A big warm welcome to all the new listeners from all over the world. You're awesome and I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in. So let me ask, do you ever feel as though you're never content in your relationships or that you're constantly being left dissatisfied when it comes to your connections? Maybe you attract the same type of people or the same thing keeps happening with every person that you get involved with, the same type of problems keep showing up in in the relationship. Perhaps maybe you feel that you're just not good at love. Maybe you feel that you're not very lucky at love. So tonight, I wanted to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about relationship patterns, what they are, how and why they're formed. And then towards the end, I'm going to help you learn how to set yourself up to create healthier, longer lasting love by breaking this cycle. Many of my listeners are single, but there's also many people that listen in who are in relationships or marriages that they've been in for some time. So this podcast really is just for anyone regardless. My goal certainly isn't to break anyone up. But this information may just have you question how you've been kind of establishing your romantic connections up until this point. When it comes to relationships, it's very essential that we kind of recognize some of our beliefs, some of our wounds, and our habits that might contribute to that final result of love that isn't lasting until you allow your unconscious to become conscious it will direct your life and you will call it fate (laughs) that's a quote from Carl Jung I know I've used that before but it's so true I would like to just briefly briefly give a background because I know some of you may resonate with this And if you've been kind of a long hauler here and you've been following me for a while, you'll already know that I haven't had the best go around when it comes to relationships. 
And that's exactly what landed me here with you. They've been very unhealthy, unstable, and just bad all around. The longevity was there, but that's because I overstayed. And I would always end up being extremely unhappy after some time. And the problem wasn't us as a couple. The problem was both of us as separate individuals. And this is the problem with most people, not understanding ourselves, not recognizing our own patterns, and then not knowing how to function as a couple because of unresolved personal matters. So, you know, after dealing with so much pain and heartache from failed relationships, I finally decided to step back and take a look and step away from relationships. And over a seven year period, I've done a lot of healing. And in that time, I realized I came to the conclusion that the issue wasn't about the men I was dating. It was about me and why I was choosing the same type of partner. I know I've spoken about relationship attachment styles a long time ago. I think it's called what's your attachment style. And if you haven't listened to that, you might find it very helpful in how you get involved and interact with your relationships, whether you're anxious, avoidant, secure, or fearful. These are all part of the attachment theory. So I go into detail about what they all look like. And I know recently I've also talked about chemistry versus compatibility a few episodes ago, but, but this isn't what this podcast is about tonight. This is about looking at the patterns of your relationships. In our relationships, we are often reluctant and ignorant to our own shortcomings, right? We easily, easily cast the blame to other people. Why do we do this? The ego is the root to many of our problems, right? Since it prevents us from kind of seeing where we fall short, it's like having dust in our eyes. We can't see clearly. And sometimes we might not even realize that we have this dust in our eyes, but it's there. And that's kind of like the ego. We don't put nearly as much emphasis on looking inward as we do at looking outward, right? As a consequence, it's far easier for us to accept and focus on the flaws of other people than it is for us to admit and take ownership for our own behavior. Many people might think that going within to find these negative traits about ourselves as a weakness, but it is the furthest thing from the truth. Looking inward is an act of strength. It takes a lot of courage to face ourselves, big time strength. And by the way, women are finding this to be extremely sexy in men. The men who are willing to look within and I just heard something the other day that something like women are more willing to date the men who are going to therapy than those not. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. And it's just because it shows 
that they're interested in self-improvement and trying to become better. Anyway, all kinds of problems start to bust from the seams after that so-called honeymoon phase diminishes, right? Because most people have a tendency to go for physical attraction. And then they jump right in after they find this person to be physically attracted and really don't know too much about it. You get all caught up in the passion. And then when that attraction fades, this is when the real problems start to arise. And then that's when a lot of the finger pointing starts. And there's a madness behind all of this. So what exactly is happening? Is it just a continual pattern that you might not be recognizing within yourself? First, I think we need to just kind of discuss what I mean when I say relationship pattern. This is basically a formula that we subconsciously create when it comes to forming relationships, whether it's relationships that all end the same way or they lead to that repeated unsatisfying connection, right? And, and just to be clear, this isn't just in romantic relationships. We can attract the same type of friends, the same type of colleagues, even the same type of business partners. It's basically like doing the same thing over and over again without really understanding why you end up in the same type of situation. This is something that they refer to in the psychology world as repetition compulsion. So it's a psychological condition in which a person will repeat and reenact a familiar event over and over again in an attempt to solve the original situation. Listen, we repeat what's familiar. We repeat what we've learned as children. We repeat what was maybe traumatizing in an unconscious effort to gain mastery over it. And then we think that we deserve to suffer. So let's look at some of the different scenarios that I'm kind of talking about. As I suggested earlier, do you notice that some people you get involved with feels kind of like deja vu, <laughs> right? You seem to have difficulty maybe identifying the distinctions between the people you've been with because they're kind of all the same. They're kind of like dating the same person with a different face. Perhaps all your relationships come to an end in the same way. Here's a situation you fear that you become tired or bored with someone who's too similar to you. So you'll go for people, your date people, who are completely different from you or the opposite of you. And then the majority of your partners and you have little to no common interest. But then these are the very differences that can cause you to break up. You may have a tendency to constantly develop codependent relationships. Maybe you discover that you have very little boundaries or you're always putting the needs and the happiness of others before your own. You refuse to speak up for yourself. And maybe you justify 
inappropriate behavior, very much being a people pleaser in your relationships. Perhaps you date individuals that you might think need rescuing. This was my big thing. You want to save them. And in your attempt to kind of make them better. And when you do this, you think to yourself, you romanticize or, you know, it might be exciting to think about the person that they could become. But it's just a way for us to feel better about ourselves because maybe we aren't feeling worthy, right? So let me share with you some examples of why we do what we do. You keep doing what you know, right? This is typical. No matter how good or bad it is, people tend to do the same thing over and over again because they know what to expect. And this is also true for a lot of things in life. It's usually easier to go with, again, what we know over what we don't. We repeat what we learned, our childhood habits, our childhood beliefs, and the ways of dealing maybe with problems have a huge impact on how we act as an adult because they're so ingrained in us. It's, it's very hard to change them, our beliefs and behaviors and what's right and all those things. We keep reliving those traumatic events without even realizing it. Even though it, it, it doesn't make sense to us. But people who've maybe felt abandoned, rejected, unloved, or who were hurt as children may relive those traumatic events as adults. This could be an unconscious attempt to take control of that situation and accept it. And sadly, this usually means that you end up in relationship that are just bad and nothing changes. And you hurt yourself because you believe that you deserve it. Children who've been hurt, they often think as, ad as adults that they should be punished. They may have been told that they're the reason why the family was dysfunctional. Or they might be blamed in a less direct way, but then they internalize that as shame. And as a result, they punish themselves by looking, this is how crazy it is, looking for emotionally painful relationships as adults. So how are we so susceptible as these children? Children's brainwave patterns operate at a delta state between zero and two. So these are the brainwave patterns that take place during sleep and meditation. So this is why infants can only stay awake for so long, for a brief amount of time. Then after that stage, their brainwave rhythms shift into a theta state. This is between the ages of two and six. And this is a highly suggestible and hypnotic state. This is the state that I get my clients into before a hypnotherapy session. In the first six years of a child's existence, right? We are extremely programmable because of the delta and the theta brainwaves. And, and then there's a lack of the analytical mind. So this is why everything we see 
everything we hear, especially during that time, is sewn into the subconscious mind. How our caregivers or parents interact with us, with each other, and really everything in our environment. We take all of that in. And since the the editing part of the brain hasn't developed yet during that time, information goes straight into the subconscious. So my point here is that what happens during the early years in your life, which most of us all know that, right? Is the very reason for who we pick, for how we interact with them, and how we let them treat us. It all matters much more than you might think. How do you bring in healthier, longer lasting relationships? You may want to grab a piece of pen and a paper and write some of this stuff down. It's about breaking the pattern, right? It begins by becoming conscious, by identifying our patterns from previous connections. It's a time that we need to be really freaking honest, right? With ourselves and clear that dust from our eyes. You'll want to reflect and take serious inventory of all the relationships or connections that you've had with everyone in your past. And even pay attention to if maybe you're dealing with someone right now in the present, because this is where these patterns start to emerge. So you want to take note of all of them, whether it was a committed relationship, whether it was a one night stand, maybe it was a friends with benefits. You want to write all these people down on paper because it's going to help you have a clearer picture. And you can write specifics down next to them. How did you typically enter those relationships? Where and how did you meet? Is that a pattern? Do you find them online or at work or at school? Or are bars and clubs a typical place for you to find someone? Who initiated the relationship and how? You know, who started contact? Who expressed interest first in pursuing the connection? Were you the chaser or did they chase you? Do you push people away when they get too close to you? For example, if you're normally the one pursuing a potential match, do you find yourself in bed with someone that you just met? And there's no judgment there, you know, if you're looking for casual sex, but This might be a problem if you're looking for something long-term and well-defined. You know, are you often rejected or are you the one ending things? If you're the one that most likely ends things, examine if you have a fear of intimacy or a fear of commitment. These are questions that, you know, may feel painful and scary to answer, they're very important to getting to the bottom of obviously what's not working. How did you feel about yourself in that relationship? How did you treat yourself? How were you treated? Were you being fully authentic in that relationship? Or were you trying to be someone that you're not to make an impression? What was the first reaction to him or her? When you initially met, 
what attributes stuck out to you? What qualities do you believe that you might have chosen to ignore, whether they were consciously or unconsciously? And if we pay attention, the things that we pick up on and observe about other people generally reveal a lot about ourselves. Take note of any reoccurring themes and patterns that arise from these early impressions. What part of of you did they bring out? Did they bring out a good part of you or a bad part of you? What aspect or characteristics originally drew you in? What was the most satisfying aspect of your connections? Right? Consider what parts of those relationships that you enjoyed the most and what made them so good in retrospect. What didn't you like about him or her in the relationship? And as we age, our needs and our wants change, right? If you met one of your exes, say today, you would probably never date them again, or maybe you would, vice versa, I don't know. But recognizing our growth and being honest about what we need and desire from others is, is the goal here. The things that maybe you once despised about a prior relationship may be the very thing that you currently want in, in a partnership. You know, you might have been terrified of commitment or stability. And maybe you kind of shielded yourself from possible partners who were offering that. But now you're okay with it. So notice how your likes and your dislikes have kind of evolved and how they affect your relationship requirements. How long did the good times last in the relationship? How long was it good? Was it just for a few short days or weeks or months? Or did you have a lot of great times over the years? These are just things that you want to keep your eye out to look for the trends and the patterns. How did these relationships end? And who did it affect most? How do you deal with the breakup? Do you use sex or, or dating to cope or maybe other forms of, of uh, quick gratification, alcohol, drugs, porn, video games? Do you constantly seem to be the one who kind of gets left behind by somebody? Or are you the one that's constantly terminating the relationship? Do you tend to leave relationships when you feel vulnerable or when things feel too committed or when you feel restless? Or maybe you've noticed that with previous partners, You ended relationships when things appeared to be great and wonderful. And when you finally thought that you could kind of relax in the relationship, notice what themes emerge. Just be very mindful of this process. You can start taking action right now to prevent these from reoccurring in the future or in the moment, wherever you are on the relationship scale. You have the option right now to start forming new, healthy connection patterns and putting this self-awareness to good use. 
when you do this process and you identify, you understand, and then when you have that, you can interrupt those destructive relationship patterns for next time. If you're with someone already, do this together as a team so you can stand together and break the patterns together. You know, work with one another, communicate with one another about your breakthroughs and maybe what you've noticed within one another yourselves. Talk about it and talk about where they came from, why they're there. If you're single, this is a great process so that you can also form a healthy relationship for the future. I always stress how important it is to get to know what you really want and how you can be better without repeating those patterns from the past. If you're single and you're confused, maybe you don't know what you want, this is a process to look back at your life, dive deep, and really find what it is that you really want. Why is there confusion there? Where is it coming from? Are you fighting something? Are you fearful of something? What do you fear? And just keep unraveling, keep unlayering it. You'll always find the root to a problem if you dig deep enough. All right, I am going to wrap tonight's podcast up. I look forward to coming back next week. I hope you can use some of the information here for the future and building healthier, longer lasting relationships. It all starts with us, my friends. Okay, you take care of yourself and I will see you next week. 